I'll show you politics in America. Here it is, right here. I think the puppet on the right shares my beliefs. I think the puppet on the left is more to my liking. Hey, wait a minute. There's one guy holding up both puppets. Shut up. Go back to bed, America. Your government is in control. Read my lips. Just send your cash. There has never been so many lies, so much deception. (laughs) (laughs) Doesn't anyone notice this? I feel like I'm taking crazy pills. (laughs) Please clap. It's time for the Mike Madison Show, a new breed of conservative talk. Now, here's your host, Mike Madison. Showtime! All right, good morning. Welcome to the Mike Madison Show here at 103.9 WYAV. I am your host weekdays, 9 to 11 o'clock, offering up a safe space to the independent thinkers. Next hour, we will get to uh, Hump Day Health. It's Wednesday, so 10 to 11 o'clock, Hump Day Health. We're going to have Allison Noe back in with us again. She's a holistic practitioner here in uh, the Jackson area. Thrilled to have found her a few weeks ago. She adds a lot to the show, and last week we started doing some things we would recommend, some lifestyle changes of 2023 is the year you want to get your health in shape. Uh, we've got some some big, some small things that you can do uh, to start feeling better. So we did part one last week, too much to get to. We're going to do two part two this week, and then we will have a big announcement uh, on the show today uh, along with Allison Noe. So stick around for that for all kinds of good reasons. Um. I've finally made it. I'm not sure how I did it, uh, but I'm finally I've gotten my I've got the battle scars that appear to be a badge of honor for people uh, on the right, and I am apparently permanently suspended from Twitter. <laughs> I opened up Twitter yesterday. It said your account is permanently suspended after careful review. We determined your account broke the Twitter rules. Your account is permanently in read-only mode, which means you can't tweet, retweet, or like content. You won't be able to create new accounts. Now, I found this to be very interesting. I think a lot of content creators out there can point to something that they put out that was controversial. I have never in my life posted anything to Twitter. I do not use my Twitter account except to surf Twitter to some degree. I have never retweeted anything on Twitter, so I'm not sure how that works. It won't even let me follow people any longer, which is a bit of a pain, I've got to say. I also noticed yesterday that anti-war activist and head of the Libertarian Institute, the great Scott Horton, who I've had on this show before, Uh, He has also been suspended. This is very interesting. Uh, In the new age of Elon Musk, I certainly found my permanent suspension to be (laughs) fairly random. Uh, I did appeal the decision for no reason. I don't use Twitter. I may have occasion to in the future. So I did appeal the decision and just said, I've never posted anything. I've never retweeted anything. I've basically never had any interactions with Twitter except to look at it. And then my last line was, what the hell? (laughs) So we'll see how that works out. Uh, A couple of quotes of the day today. Uh, Daniel Horowitz, uh, I believe he had a show at one point. I'm not sure if he's still on terrestrial radio. He was a conservative commentator. 
But he, uh, I think this came out of a tweet that he had. Daniel Horowitz said, quote, It turns out, to be brutally honest, most of talk radio for years was not a platform of conservatives to get a seat in the GOP, but a conduit for the GOP to distract, brainwash, and provide the loincloths on behalf of the GOP. Remember, Mike Pence got started in radio. Now, I've referred to uh, the competition here of WYAB to be WGOP. And I use that kind of inclusively for most conservative talk radio, but I think Daniel Horowitz is right. He said, it turns out, to be brutally honest, most of talk radio for years was not a platform of conservatives to get a seat in the GOP, but a conduit for the GOP to distract, brainwash, and provide loincloths on behalf of the GOP. Succinctly put, Daniel Horowitz, I believe that is exactly the case, and this is why many of the issues that I've talked about uh, for the past six years have never been discussed on typical conservative talk radio, because they are actually things that challenge the power structure of the Republican Party as well. You will not find the motto here, it's always the other party's fault. And Ernest Hemingway said, as a quote, quote, an intelligent man is sometimes forced to be drunk to spend time with his fools. <laughs> uh, Hemingway, known to have spent a lot of time uh, drunk, so I guess surrounded by fools. Uh, it's been interesting over the last couple of days to, to see all the conservative talk show hosts piling on the Biden classified document story. Now, uh, not that long ago, they spent weeks denying that anything Trump did was well within his rights, and now they pile on. I saw that Jesse Waters, who I'm not a fan of, has got an entertaining show, certainly is red meat for Republican uh, Fox News viewers. But I, I saw a clip came across my YouTube feed where apparently he went after Joe Biden for this stuff, uh, just like the media, the FBI, and the Democrats went after Donald Trump. And now they cover it like it's absolutely nothing. Now, I know what most of us really need, because a lot of these things are confusing. I'll explain that in just a second. But we need some wise counsel to know exactly if the Biden classified documents is anything of any really real importance. Were the Trump documents anything of any real importance? And I always seek counsel with those wiser than myself. And, of course, that means we must listen to the ladies at The View. Really, but, I mean, I, I think that no, what you just said is yeah, right, that, yeah. that there are differences in what happened. Yes, but you know, the are not good. Well, we all know that Trump is a liar and a thief, you know? We know that. <laughs> so it's not that big a jump to say that he obstructed and he lied. We don't think that Biden is a liar and a thief, so we give him the benefit of the doubt. That's partly what's going on. But what I think also is going on... <laughs> so there you go. That's Joy Behar from The View. Now, I don't know, I really do not know, if anybody out there in the listening audience of this show, WIAB, appreciates my consistency. But if you were to go back, I now have over a thousand podcast episodes. You will find I am the most consistent person on Mississippi Talk Radio. I, I think I'm safe in saying that. I did not care about the documents when it was Donald Trump, and I don't care when the documents are Joe Biden's. And I don't know why this is so hard for so many people to be consistent on these things. When Trump supporters heard Trump may have had some classified documents, they knew immediately he was innocent. 
They absolutely knew. Now, they've never seen these documents. Most of us will never make the cut to Mar-a-Lago. But they absolutely knew that he was innocent of all charges and it was completely trumped up. When Democrats heard Trump may have had classified documents, they knew that he was guilty. Of course, they had no idea what were in the documents, no, uh, no context for anything, but they just knew it. Now, when Biden has classified documents, Trump supporters know he's guilty, even though they have no idea what the documents are, or the context of why they are where they are. And the Democrats know that it's absolutely nothing important, that it's not a big deal. And the truth is, for all of us out here, save a handful of people that may have been actually intimately involved with moving documents, storing documents, whatever it is. The truth is, none of you, none of you know anything about either one of these cases. You have no idea what they had. You had no idea what the law surrounding it is. You have no idea how they got there. You don't know have any idea if this is something or not. These are purely just groupthink reactions almost cult-like in the defense of our guy, just like Joey Behar did for Joe Biden, and the accusations thrown at the other guy. And it's very interesting to me, easy to spot as an observer, easy for me to see uh, when the shoe is flipped. And we don't usually see uh, this, the exact same issue uh, posed to us within a relatively short period of time. The raid on Mar-a-Lago and the discovery of the Biden documents is very interesting to see. As I've said, hypocrisy is the national pastime now. It has supplanted baseball, football. Hypocrisy is what va the vast majority of people are really, really good at, and it's pretty fascinating to watch. It's kind of like children screaming, he started it. When they get into an argument, but just just interesting every now and then I just give you my take. As I say, I don't have a dog in the hunt because I don't fall in love with with politicians. So I don't have to carry water for them. I, I believe my kind of default condition is eh, they're all crooks. So anyway, but there's really only one story of the day today for me that I ran across yesterday with Fox News report. I'm telling you, I think this show is having some national implications right now. Now, you wouldn't know it from <laughs> the small ragtag bunch of rebels that probably listen to this show, but it just feels like it is resonating to the highest levers of power. I'll explain that to you when we come back. Stick around. Last week, I had a Stone Clinton on with Americans for Prosperity, and this was during the fight for the speaker's race uh, with the Congress in Washington, D.C. And uh, this is I'd really only recently discovered that you do not need to be a, a member of the House of Representatives to serve as Speaker of the House. So in talking to Stone Clinton, I floated out the idea. I thought it would be absolutely genius. Now, I don't I don't know. I would have been happy with the results of it. I don't endorse it on a policy position. Uh, but I thought it would be funny and entertaining if they had nominated Donald Trump as Speaker of the House. And within hours, within hours, Matt Gates had nominated Donald Trump to be the Speaker of the House. Yesterday, I'm just telling you the, the national reach, apparently, of this show. I can explain it no other way. 
Yesterday, I went on one of my usual rants about the terrible, horrible, no good IRS and the income tax that is theft, and neither one of them should exist at all. It's actually been something I've been talking about for six years, but uh, in, in light of the Republicans settling on a speaker, I had some stories about it, uh, IRS training that Thomas Massey had tweeted out. I explained that the IRS needed to cease to existing and that Americans should know well that, that we didn't even have the IRS before 1953. It doesn't mean that it is entrenched in our Constitution or something that is just uh, cannot be separated from our government. And within hours of that segment, I read this. House Republicans to vote on bill abolishing the IRS, eliminating income tax. <laughs> this was on Fox News. Republicans in the House of Representatives will vote on a bill that would abolish the Internal Revenue Service, eliminate the national income tax, and replace it with a national consumption tax. Fox News Digital has learned that the House will be voting on Georgia Republican Representative Buddy Carter's reintroduced Fair Tax Act that aims to reel in the IRS and remove the national income tax as well as other taxes and replace them with a single consumption tax. Now, the first thing I'll tell you is this idea, this is like Obamacare. The, the replacement part is always where they lose me. Because this bill, more about that in just a second, but this bill is essentially still assuming, these are Washington, D.C. politicians, assuming you still owe them some money. Part of your income, part of the money that you make is rightfully theirs. I, I've been appealing to people with the fair tax or the flat tax since the day I came on air. This idea that we want to take away the complexity of the IRS. We want to make things easier. Republicans campaigned many times on, you'll be filling out a tax uh, return on an index card. I, I, I don't seek to make theft from us easier. I don't want it to be more simple. I want it to go away. Uh, the federal government, again, for anybody that's new to the show, and I'm sorry to keep repeating myself to the regular listeners, but the government takes in trillions of dollars in other fees and fines and all kinds of stuff. Trillions of dollars go to Washington, D.C. They should live on that and leave our incomes alone. But abolishing the IRS and ditching the income tax, which is a penalty on productivity and success, is an absolutely fantastic idea. Now, I wish that this was an earnest effort to make this dramatic change. And for a few members of the Republican Party... Those in the Freedom Caucus, it might be. But for the Republican Party at large, let me just say, uh, don't get too excited about this bill. This is not uh, in any earnest being backed by the Republican Party in any way, shape, or form. Uh, not a chance. How can the Republicans dangle a 2% tax cut in front of your face? If they don't have the income tax, the incredibly complex, arbitrarily set uh, income tax brackets for everybody. How can they brag about how they freed you from that 2% a year in taxes? It's never about fixing the issue for either one of the parties. It is about campaigning and using that issue to try to draw your support. And this is posturing because they well know that this will not pass the Senate, will not be signed into law by President Biden, 
And again, while the sentiment, I'm glad to even see the sentiment out there that we could possibly run a country without an army of thieves operating under the color of law, stealing from the American people. And even a consumption tax would be good. Well, let me take that back. I said that it would be bad, but it would be better because you could make choices on what you pay taxes on. I believe it would be interesting to see some countries do do these things, value-added taxes instead of income taxes. Uh, I don't know how that affects uh, small businesses because everything you go buy from them, at, that you'll get that sticker shock at every checkout counter. It would encourage some savings, but I'm not about the government encouraging or discouraging. I'm about the government disappearing. But I just want to temper everybody's enthusiasm for this because this is much like Obamacare. They rail and rail against it when they know they have absolutely no power to get it done, to get Obamacare repealed. And then when they had all the levers of power in 2017, 2018, they just couldn't quite get around to repealing Obamacare. Dave Smith, comedian Dave Smith, he's a libertarian guy. Funny guy, incredibly smart guy. He tweeted this out. He said, Republicans are pushing abolishing the IRS, cutting military spending, investigating government criminality, and other great ideas for one simple reason. It can't possibly get through a Democratic-controlled Senate and White House. When they controlled everything, they pushed Space Force. And unfortunately, that is all too much the case. But if I can make any final appeal to anybody on this issue, for those of you out there, I, I, it feels so, uh, it's like Stockholm Syndrome to be campaigning for a fair tax or a flat tax for money to go to Washington, D.C., because I don't care how they end up with your dollars. Are you happy with what they do with your dollars? And if you are not happy with what they do with your dollars, and for anybody who's not on the government dole, of course, I think at this point it's about 60% of people are on some government largesse, and I'm even throwing you Social Security recipients in there. That always makes you mad. I paid in. You paid in, but the politicians stole that money, and now they're taking money from young workers and giving you your money. You took your eye off the ball. You allowed them to raid the Social Security Trust Fund. Your money was long spent by these crooks. What you're collecting now is actually harvested from people who are still working. My sympathies to you. I understand your position. I'm not angry at you. But you had every opportunity to stop them from stealing the money from the big pot of where you contributed, uh, and you stood back and did nothing. They stole your money. You just need to kind of come to grips with it. It's almost like a, it's like a Bernie Madoff scheme. There were a lot of people holding the bag. I gave Bernie Madoff my money. Yeah, that's right, but he already paid it out to earlier people. You should, have, you should have done your due diligence. You should have questioned his returns. There were a lot of red flags around Bernie Madoff. People got stuck like Chuck. I even saw something. I was telling you I watched a documentary. I think it's on Netflix about Bernie Madoff. You want to hear something gross? The guy who uh, became the receiver or whatever, the distributor of funds, the investigator, you know, he was going to claw back all of these assets and then divvy them up. It seems like he did a pretty good job, actually, according to the reporting from this documentary. I'm almost suspicious of everything that I hear or read these days, but uh, it seems like he did a pretty good job and collected. I think that investors were out about 16 billion dollars or 19 billion dollars and he recovered maybe 14 billion by the time it was over in some cases they had to go off and 
take money back from just regular people who had received returns more than they had put in uh, before. So some people were just monkey hammered with a request from the federal government saying, you owe us $160,000, money that they had received 20 years prior. But he got a lot of money. But the guy in charge of uh, pulling in all the Madoff stuff, the government assigns him. Took him about four years, I believe. He charged the federal government, or he charged this Bernie Madoff thing, a billion dollars. He became fabulously wealthy, trying to untangle uh, and claw back money and redivvy up money uh, to Bernie Madoff victims. He charged a billion dollars over four years of work. That's what happens when your government gives a plum little jobs out to some of their cronies. It was re- That's really quite gross, and I can't imagine there's a possibility that that could be justified uh, in any kind of legal fees or manpower needed. But anyway, um, the government does not lay claim to money in our pockets. Our country was not set up that way. It was not encouraged to be that way. If we have national emergency, we have a World War II, and you want to go off and support a war effort by buying war bonds, which is essentially loaning your government money, as we did in World War II, they'll pay you a little bit of interest on it while they use your money that you voluntarily gave them, and then you get your money back when the crisis is over and the government realizes they need to pay for everything that they just did. I have no real problem with that. That's a voluntary exchange of money. But fair tax and flat tax people, it's like Stockholm Syndrome. You have just absolutely been sheep-dipped in this idea, well, we got to give the government some of our money. What would they do? How could they possibly do it? What? How's the FAA working out for you today? Now, I'm not saying private businesses do not have outages and glitches and hiccups and uh, there's not fraud out there. But our federal government, all of these tax dollars that you're just trying to find alternative ways to send to Washington, D.C., how's that working out for you? I think uh, the case is right now we don't have a plane in the air because the FAA has grounded everything because of a problem. Anyway, uh, encouraging to see that at least, and one thing I was asking for yesterday, I would like to see Republicans at least ask a Roger Wicker, a Cindy Hyde-Smith, a Michael Guest, um, what's up with the income tax? How is it that you feel as a politician? Uh, basically, I would Greta them. How dare you? How dare you? How dare you assume that a quarter of my income, a third of my income, by the time all taxes are figured up, it's over half of your income is paid out in taxes and fees and permits. How dare you assume that a third of my income belongs to you people in Washington, D.C.? You, the Republicans are the ones in charge of this. Right now, this effort by the Republicans, while they are in the, they do not have the Senate and do not have the White House, uh, this is a show. There may be some true believers that want to get rid of the income tax. God love them. But the Republican Party at large, nah. You wait till the next time they're in power. They will not make this same move because then they might actually have to deliver. I'll be right back. We are back. This is the Mike Madison Show, 103.9 WYAB here in the Mack Hike of Flowwood Studios. This is a teachable moment right here. Apparently, according to the news break, FAA is getting flights back up and running. Just a couple of weeks ago, we had a private company. Well, private in theory, right? The airlines 
The airlines have gotten hundreds of billions of dollars of taxpayer dollars uh, over the past few years, particularly during COVID. I believe it was $90 billion was given to airlines who had who were in, in big financial trouble, right? Of course they were. People weren't traveling. Ooh, the spooky COVID was out there, and so everybody freaked out because we were told to and didn't fly. Well, the airlines were in trouble and as I mentioned many times, one of the reasons the airlines were in trouble is they had no cash set aside. Why didn't have cash set aside, Mike? Well, because they had been using all of their free cash flow, about 90% of their free cash flow, they had been using to buy back their own stock so the executives could goose their stock options, goose their bonuses, it left them financially vulnerable. Instead of paying the price for such reckless behavior as an airline, uh, the federal government under Donald Trump uh, bailed them out. So I say that, you know, they're, they're private businesses, but uh, when you get to the big corporate level in the United States, the corporatism, fascism that we've got here now, uh, very few of the big boys, you look at big tech, uh, very few of them are actual good capitalist uh, enterprises. Wall Street certainly bailed out repeatedly. Um, but Southwest had a big issue, you know, just a couple of weeks ago. Over Christmas, boy, they left a lot of people stranded. That's a private business stranded a bunch of people. I mean, there were people furious. System went down, couldn't provide pilots. I mean, just it was just an absolute mess. So you know what your response to that can be? I'm not flying Southwest anymore. You can go to another airline that performs better. What do you do when the FAA goes down? You can't go anywhere else. Like any other government monopoly on things, you've got no choices. And this is the problem with the difference. And this is why I say, don't buy into this fair tax, flat tax. we got to get money to Washington, D.C. If we didn't, how would we fund all of these agencies that keep us safe? It, it portends this idea that nothing could ever get done if the government didn't do it. This is a big problem. Even normie Republicans have. It's this idea, well, Mike, I agree with you on some things. I mean, I'm libertarian-leaning, they will say. But come on now. We have to at least fund the federal government. And that's just quite simply not true. <laughs> it's just this idea that we have been sold a bill of goods that certain things just could not exist. You think airlines couldn't get together and figure out how to cooperate to run planes from place to place? dealing with local authorities and local private airports that set up systems to make it, make it safe to fly in and out of their airlines. You think that, uh, as they did for many years, the airlines don't have the most vested interest in securing their airlines, making sure that their flyers are safe so they don't get the reputation of being bombed out of the sky regularly. Instead, well, now we have the TSA. We need the government to run our security checkpoints. How's that working out for us? Anybody who stood in a three-hour line waiting to be molested by the blue shirts at TSA? Stop funding this federal government. It is the only thing I'm telling you. you got to starve this beast. Uh, I want to talk a little bit about the economy. We're going to get into Hump Day Health with Allison Noe in the next hour. Big announcement. Uh, the economy is in trouble. Could get really bad. Certainly at some point, uh, we're going to have to pay the price for all of the money printing, for all of the debt levels, was just, as the climate alarmists like to say, it's unsustainable. Um, but that's not doom and gloom on this show. 
If you prepare and you position yourself well, uh, great fortunes are made during the toughest times for the people who are unprepared and don't know what's going on. Of course, some people... <laughs> For some people, the broader economy doesn't matter. You make your own financial future and decisions. And it, I mentioned that because I ran across this. I, occasionally, I find these questions asked to the marketwatch.com website, a financial website. And people, I guess, ask them, ask them questions about their personal life. A lot of times, I just find it funny because I like to see what money does to people, <laughs> to, to families. You'll just see people talking about, well, my brother-in-law thinks he owns half this. You know, just it's, it's, it really is a shame. What politics and what money do to interpersonal relationships is a shame. Maybe it's human nature. I don't know. But it looks funny to me from the outside. But here was a question asked to MarketWatch. Quote, as he reminds me, it's not his house. My boyfriend of five years lives in my house but refuses to pay rent or contribute to food and utility bills. What's my next move? <laughs> She's got to ask, uh, well, I tell you what, maybe I am being uh, cis-discriminative. This person just says my boyfriend. I guess these days we can't really be sure that that's a woman, but I'm going to just assume it, uh, <clears throat> my traditional roots and all. So this this girl is, is sending a message to MarketWatch because her boyfriend of five years has been living in her house, won't help pay the rent or contribute to food or utility bills. And she's asking MarketWatch, what's my next move? <laughs> oh, my gosh. Your move was about uh, four years and six months ago uh, is really what you should have been asking. Where have you gone so horribly wrong? <laughs> what a deadbeat. I got to say, though, I may be looking for a woman like this. I'm, I'm, this is a time in my life I want to be socking away a ton of money, most specifically to pass on to my children, let them uh, let them uh, navigate the minefield that our generations have left for them. Maybe I need to find a woman who will allow me to just <laughs> squat in her house. Uh, for five years. Uh, the savings rate in this country, savings rate has just collapsed down to 2.2%, the lowest level ever. It means Americans are running out of money. Last time it was this low, and I think this is actually the, the lowest, but at this level, 2006-2007. Uh, huh. What happened? I'm really trying to think of what happened <laughs> within a year or two of 2006-2007 when the savings rate also spiked this low. <clears throat> there was an interesting story. Wells Fargo Wells Fargo is stepping back from mortgages. Now they are still going to be a lender of mortgages to their to their wealthy clients and maybe to their account holders, but apparently Wells Fargo has been out in the market uh, allowing their mortgages to be offered by mortgage brokers or anybody else. They are stepping out of that laying off a whole lot of people, so that's not a good sign for the housing market. As they were, I believe, they might have been one of the biggest, if not the biggest, mortgage uh, lender out there. So this is just signs of the what's happening in the mortgage markets. And just for giggles, I was kind of thinking about housing the other day as we're bumping up against some debt ceiling stuff. Coming up, with we know that the monster U.S. federal debt right now we've got around. I think we're headed towards thirty-two trillion dollars, or we. Uh, it's it's hard to keep up. I would pull up the U.S. national debt clock and look at it at my computer, but it gives me a seizure. I immediately start to seize up with all the numbers spinning as fast as they are. If you've ever seen this, uh, I think it's usdebtclock.org. 
They track local and federal and unfunded liabilities and per person uh, what you owe. It's actually a very informative website, but the numbers are spinning by so fast. If I look at it at the wrong angle, I'll go into a seizure. It's moving so quickly, but you know we're somewhere thirty-one, thirty-two trillion dollars in debt at this point. It becomes you know just what does it matter? We've passed the tipping point long ago. Um, but at $31, $32 trillion of national debt, the Fed has another, I believe, $8 trillion on its balance sheet. Uh, the federal government's got a, somewhere between 100 and $200 trillion in unfunded liabilities, you know, projections out, knowing what they need to spend on Medicare. They don't have the money to do that. What they need to spend on Social Security, they don't have the money to do that either. Uh, federal pensions, they don't have the money to do that. So when they extrapolate out all of the promises that our federal government has made going forward, but they don't have the funds to actually live up to them, uh, it's you know over $100 trillion in unfunded liabilities just waiting to pop on us. So this debt figure is just going to continue to skyrocket. I was curious to know what the total value of U.S. housing was. I found this. The full U.S. housing stock is now worth $43.4 trillion. This is according to a new Zillow analysis. Just stop and put those things together. Essentially, we could have been the land of bread and honey. Now, I don't encourage this, but it is four points of reference for people to understand exactly how much money these psychopaths, these thieves in Washington, D.C. have spent, they essentially could buy a home. Everybody, two-thirds of Americans right now, could have a free house for what they've spent. I don't know if you drive around a lot. There are a lot of houses. I think that puts it in context. The trillion figure is very hard for the human mind to actually comprehend. The number is so big. It's thrown around. It's just a, it's just a couple of letters different than million. Easy kind of rolls off the tongue. I believe I will live to see quadrillion. That's a little bit more of a tongue tire, but we'll get used to it. I believe the derivatives market is somewhere around 1.5 quadrillion. <laughs> so at some point, if we see another more, you know, uh, financial crisis, we may start using the quadrillion word, but trillion is a lot of money. So the nut jobs in Congress have overspent so much. And once you include what the Federal Reserve has got on its balance sheet, which is essentially debt, they printed this money up uh, to loan it to the federal government, about another $8 trillion. So we're sitting at about $40 trillion in U.S. national debt right now. Uh, the whole housing market, all stock of U.S. housing is now at $43.4 trillion. They basically could have given every single one of us a house. What do you think that would do for the economy if nobody had a house payment? I'm not encouraging this because it would cause a whole bunch of other problems. I'm just saying for us to kind of visualize the massive, massive screw job that we have been on the receiving end from Washington, D.C. I think that's an interesting com uh, comparison. Be right back. You can't stop us now. No matter how hard you try, you can't stop us now. All right, well, I ended the last segment talking about the screw job of all of the debt in this country, but it is certainly not the only one they're running on us. Uh, and we've got Allison Noe. She's going to be on with us next hour, but she is in the studio now, prompt and early, very commendable. Um, <clears throat> Allison, I wanted to play a couple of these clips. You want to talk about just a, a scam inside of a scam. This is the president, uh, I'm not sure, uh, Stephane Bancel. 
He is the CEO of Moderna. This is the company that had never put a successful product into market before. This is their first ever product is the mRNA jabs. They call it the spike vax. Um, uh, they have got a new product coming out. So they've got one product out right now, and that's the COVID shot. Mm-hmm. Now they're introducing a second one. Guess what it's for? Check this out. Biology. We have now in a clinic a uh, super exciting program when we inject mRNA in people's heart after a heart attack to grow back new blood vessels to help revascularize the heart. So it's a bit like science fiction medicine, but that's so that is really exciting to me. But the, the other side of this is that right now, Moderna, though it has this pipeline, has one commercial product, and that's the spike vax. That's the actual COVID vaccination. So that's the irony of COVID is it really has in some ways allowed you to go and develop these other areas because of the revenues that came through the door. No, that's not the irony. The irony is you've put out a product that is documented to damage people's hearts and you have the balls, the rocks, the stones to come out and say, hey, now we've got a shot for your heart. I mean, <laughs> I mean, what do you? I, how do you listen to that and not get enraged? How does this? How does this questioner of him not go? You know, huh? I mean, is this because your vaccine has caused so much heart damage? You now see a market for it. I mean, heart damage is not new. Heart attacks are not new. But I mean, come on, this is where we are at this point. I mean, you want to talk about this day? What, what what do you call that? One of these machines that a perpetual motion machine. Yeah, you know. They, they create the problem, create a drug for it. And I believe this is the model. We talk about this on the health show all the time. I'm sure we'll talk about it next time. They create the problems uh, and they just they always come up with a drug to, for the problem. You, you go on one drug, it's got a side effect. Well, don't worry. They got a drug for that side mm-hmm. effect. And when that second drug causes a side effect, don't worry. They're coming out with a drug for that side effect, too. And the first drug is the food. And if you don't think that the pharmaceutical companies are tied to the food industry, you are sadly mistaken. Exactly. Um yeah, yeah. I, I saw a picture of a a sign posted on a pediatrician's office. Yeah, did you see that? I did for the for the sports uh, physicals. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah well, I mean, go ahead and tell them about it. it. It was just saying that if you are an athlete who has had the COVID shot, um, you're at higher risk, so they need to know about it. And there were special. Uh, accommodations they were making for that, yeah. I believe. So. They need to look at their hearts. Mm-hmm. They need to look and see if their hearts have been damaged for this because, as we have seen, people will drop on a sporting field. Uh, here's another one. This is Neil deGrasse Tyson, and I play this one because Neil deGrasse Tyson, he's one of these, I think he's an astrophysicist or something. He's usually on space stuff, but he's in the scientific community. I want you to listen to him. He was on Lex Friedman. I think this is relatively new. Listen to what he says. This is, again, one of the high priestess of science and apparently one of the high priestess of the COVID cult. Oh, your own body. Your own body. Sorry. If you want to get an abortion, get an abortion. If I want to get the vaccine, I get to choose. So you can't force if, – if I can't force you to get an abortion, you shouldn't be able to force because me to get Because it's the- not about you. It's about people you interact with, and that's the social contract – of public but we health. don't we don't even know if the vaccine worked or not at the time yes that's what the trials are dude that's why these trials what, you, are you missing data out but, there? but let me ask you no he is missing data right it's it's just known now it doesn't stop you from getting COVID or transmitting it to these people around you that he thinks you've got the social contract with the cdc has come out and said that yes um 
I think everybody's on board that it doesn't work. Yeah. Well, let's let him keep going because he does get a little flummoxed here. Question. Are we saying only one type of scientists are right? No. We're saying that the system in place. Yes. The 16,000 that signed that. No, no, no. The, the system in place the to system. test vaccines. Yeah. Obey the system. Th- there's an entire system the that's system. in place. That, that with review boards and all of this, yeah, the average- that's in place. Now, you can say, you can ch- what you can say is, I, I have a better idea than all these review boards and all these agencies and the CDC. I have a better idea. Here's what you should do. And that would have made everything better. Okay. You can put forth that idea. But what I'm saying is. You'll be censored. In a case where you can contaminate someone else, it's not about you. It's about the collective You're assuming. health. You're assuming. You're assuming because somebody can take the vaccine. Uh, won't get COVID, which, by the way, I don't need to play the clips for you to see it where everybody said, hey, if you get it, you're not going to get If you take the vaccine, you're not going to get a Rachel Maddow, Joe Biden. I can give you Fauci. I can give you fit. And you've seen these clips before. It's not like you've never well, seen them before. Well, we're running out of time. We'll finish on the other side. Stick Hold around. On. So, so, um, the strain evolved. All right, we are back. This is the Mike Madison Show, 1039 WYAB, and it's Wednesday, every Wednesday from 10 to 11 o'clock. Since the day I came on air, we have taken a break from news and politics as much as it still invades this section of the show, but we talk about health, and this is to try to empower people uh, to take control of their own health. Uh, primarily, most conditions people are suffering from are nutritional deficiencies, regardless of what people try to tell you. It's all genetics. You're just that's just your lot in life. I'm telling you, you can improve your lot in life if you uh, if you eat the right things, understand how your body works and what it needs. I start every show by explaining to you I'm not a doctor. I'm not a scientist. I'm not an immunologist, not a virologist, not a nurse, not a surgeon, not a therapist. I'm not a nothing. I've got no certification to advise you on your health in any way, shape or form. I am just a guy with passion for trying to help people escape the medical system. I'm the Harriet Tubman of helping you escape the medical system, Uh, and so that has always been my goal. And as we have had for the last four weeks, we got Allison Noe back in the studio with us today. Allison, thank you again for joining me. Yeah, you bet. Good morning. I'm so glad to have found you. It's not easy in Mississippi. We don't allow naturopaths here in the state of Mississippi. They won't recognize them. It's, uh, It's just not a big community of kind of natural health people, so I'm glad Clay introduced us. And in particular for a a reason, I've teased that we actually have an announcement here. This is my final health show, and this is probably my my most proud segment of this show. Allison has gotten into this station and used her power and cunning and uh, just die by. She's pushed me out of the. uh, (laughs) No, I am. uh, I have taken a job. I do some independent work outside of the station. And uh, have gotten an offer to make it full time. So I am having to depart from WYAB, but I am absolutely thrilled that you came along at the right time with enough kind of had a little bit of a runway to get you going in here. And now you will take this on and go forward. So I think that's fantastic. Yeah, I'm excited. Um, it's going to be really sad to see you go, though. I know your listeners love you. I have a friend in Tennessee, and he listens to you all the time. And, ah, I like that. Uh, yeah, so um, well, we're I definitely going to miss you. <laughs> I have uh, I've had more feedback on the health stuff, and some of the most 
uh, some of the greatest stories. I mean, people that have made legitimate changes, they're not easy, and they've stuck with them. People right. who have lost 100-plus pounds, they've tried different things, found what made them feel better. They've talked about the medications that they've gotten off of. So That's fantastic. Probably, one of, you know, I'm a, I'm a libertarian politically. I think that that message is not out there as much as I'd like it to be, but I think this is more important because mm-hmm. I think this can directly affect people's lives. And, you know— my goal in leaving, and I'm so thrilled I'm leaving it in your hands so the message can continue, I want people to understand that they can have essentially health on demand. And we may have already talked about this, but with my kids, you know, I really taught them a lot about this stuff as they were growing up through, uh, you know, through junior high and high school. And I told them when they went off to college, I know what you're going to do. I did it. You're going to go. You're going to drink beers. You're going to eat a bunch of garbage. You're not going to have a whole lot of money, so you're probably going to buy cheap stuff. And I said, but I want you armed with the knowledge to know that at any point you don't feel good, but you want to feel good. Mm-hmm. If you gain weight and you don't want to gain weight and you want to put you've got the uh, you are armed with the knowledge to fix that yourself. Mm-hmm. You don't have to wait for a pill. You don't have to wait for an appointment. You can just know. It's time for me to do it. When the kids, when uh, flu season comes, my kids know what to do. They've got their colloidal silver for a sore throat if it comes. They know to make sure they're supplementing with vitamin D before, but particularly if they're exposed to somebody. I mean, they know what to do to keep themselves healthy. I love it. And they they draw on that. And so for this show, I think that's the most uh, empowering thing is just to say, you can have health on demand for the vast majority of people. Mm-hmm. There are some tough conditions out there. Um but for most of what people suffer from, things like diabetes and heart issues and high blood pressure and all the ridiculous diagnosis of high cholesterol, but regardless, um, most of these things are nutritional deficiencies with people. They're poor habits. And if you want to straighten them out, you can. I would say our, our healthcare system, you could probably take away about 90% of their revenue if people would just pay attention to what they eat. And you don't have to be perfect. Um, I have... I've done the same thing I do every year from Thanksgiving to Christmas, and next week will be a short fast, and then I'm back into carnivore. i got to tell you, I, I'm, I, I'm almost as excited about that as I am a vacation mm-hmm. because I have not felt as good as I should feel, and so I'm thrilled I'm going back to that. So I'm doing like an eight-week boot camp for myself with this new job change, the way my schedule is going to be. I'm already imagining uh, what all I can do. Uh, getting into the gym every morning and and getting back into carnivore and all that stuff. But uh, people can make these changes very, very quickly. So I'm glad you'll be shepherding them through that. Yeah, it's exciting. And I love love you bringing up your kids. I was interviewing one of my clients yesterday for my podcast, and she has been through the ringer so many years of fertility treatments and all of these things and and learned nothing about her body. And how can you make changes when you don't even understand these processes that you're trying to fix? And she said on top of just feeling like a different person and feeling amazing now, because we've been working together for quite some time, she got all teared up and she said, the best thing about this is I get to teach my daughter these things. So she doesn't go through life without the proper knowledge to uh, pursue true health and, and so I think that's fantastic. Yeah. So that's that's intergenerational help. Yeah. I mean, it, it, it you know, it, it's it's amazing and a little frustrating, but encouraging when you hear stories like that. It's frustrating that this is not more common knowledge. Yeah. I mean, this really it's not that hard. Yeah. You just avoid the garbage. We'll talk about when we come back, you know, some more New Year stuff. We started talking about it last week. But there are simple changes you can make. And there's just so many things uh, that are just we just pretend they're okay and they're not okay for people's health. We see 
we see the health problems that people have, and they're not giving us the most basic information to to turn the corner on these things. It's right. very sad. Um, do you know what you're going to call the show yet? Not yet. I'll, I'll talk to Clay, and, and we'll come up with something. Um, well, I, so. I, I had a, I'd been noodling around with some ideas. Here, here's just a couple. I'm just spitballing here. I thought sure. a running tribute to Mike Madison and his passion for helping people <laughs> regain their health with your host, Allison Noe. Okay, you know so what? <laughs> I had that one. Uh, Mike Madison was right about everything, and now I carry that illustrious torch in his honor, hosted by Allison Noe. So if you're looking for uh, <laughs> titles. <laughs> I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to work on squeezing that into uh, um in there yeah we'll see about it yeah uh what is your podcast that you've got out right now it's called the landing spot podcast so we focus primarily on women's hormone and metabolic health oh okay all right well good well you are about to add to your body of work because while that's your focus you're well versed in so many other things and when you talk to a larger audience that just has kind of i don't know pretty much what i've done for years is look at headlines that'll say you know obesity rates hit all-time highs Mm -hmm. or it'll say new drug for this or something like that and the topics almost write themselves as you kind of bat down bad health advice and bad health trends yep yeah so there's a lot to talk about all right we're going to take a break we're going to come back we're going to look into some of these uh new year's ideas and I've, i've got one i've got a there's a very disempowering message out there about obesity that was just on 60 Minutes. We're going to start with that just so I can get my blood boiling a little bit before we move into the rest of the stuff. All right. We're here with Allison Noe, the future host of whatever she calls it, uh, the health show going forward. Thrilled to have her here. We'll be right All right, we are back. This is Hump Day Health, natural health news you can use here with Allison Noe. So I wanted to play this real quick because this this really kind of made me angry. Well, there's two things that made me angry. <laughs> can we do it? This segment is called What Makes Mike Madison Mad? I'll just name my show that. Yeah, that's right. Perfect. <laughs> um, this, I just thought, I didn't get to get the end of that Neil deGrasse Tyson clip about how he thinks it's your social contract to take the shot. Even with everything we know, he's still hawking that. Um this is just just so people understand. I've spent six years warning people about the FDA and the CDC, and I explained that they are not uh, protectors of American health. They are pharmaceutical sales organizations, as far as I'm concerned. Um, this was it's a seven second clip, but I want people, particularly any of you who are listening, who are listening, who are contemplating getting your child to get these shots, these COVID shots, or their boosters. I want you to hear out of the mouth of the FDA. This was during the times, it was not that long ago, where they actually endorsed these shots for, I think it was either two to five years old or six months to five years old. If you want to know how safe these are for your toddlers, if the FDA knows that these are safe for your kids, listen to this, uh, listen to what this guy says. But we're never going to learn about how safe the vaccine is unless we start giving it. Yeah, that's just the way it goes. That is an FDA member right there on the FDA, uh, like Zoom call or whatever. He said, we are never going to know how safe this shot is for our kids unless we start giving it to them. Mm. Can you imagine? How many parents do you think know that? I mean, they've been testing it on us this entire time. Yes. And we see what's happened. Yeah. Uh, And now they're doing it to toddlers. Toddlers. And, And the doctors, the pediatricians are out there. Saying safe and effective, mm-hmm. telling the parents just go ahead and do it. This is the guy with the FDA on the approval board saying 
Well, we're, we don't know if it's safe, but we're going to find out once we start giving it to a bunch of kids. <laughs> I tell you what, not my kids. Um, but here is a here is something that was on 60 Minutes recently. And one thing I, I really have rebelled against, people are so disempowered. I call it learned helplessness. Mm-hmm. And we have been convinced that it is our genetics. It is just, uh, there's just nothing you can do except take this pill or follow this, uh, you know, this traditional, whatever the doctors say. And you're just kind of a, you're just seaweed in the ocean going back and forth, just waiting to see what befalls you. And I think that's such a disempowering message. This is what some woman, I'll see if I've got her name on here. I don't even see her name. Uh, but she is talking about obesity here in the United States. And this is what she says. If you diet, you lose weight, right? The number one cause of obesity is genetics. That means if you are born to parents that have obesity, you have a 50 to 85% likelihood of having the disease yourself, even with optimal diet, exercise, sleep management, stress management. So when people see families that have obesity, the assumption is, what are they feeding those kids? Yeah, that's a correct assumption. Uh, it, it is true. Uh, genetically, you can be somebody that could struggle w- with weight more than other people. Mm-hmm. We, we all know that person who just eats like garbage and they just never seem to gain any weight. But they, these things do exist. But I think that is such a disempowering. She says 50 to 85 percent. What is that message to people who are morbidly obese that could change that direction of their life? And they're being told nothing you can do. Nothing you can do. Diet does no good. That's crazy because she took two separate things and put them together Yes, it may be true that that per- those percentages are correct, but it has much more to do with the epigenetics. What are right. you eating yes. as a family? What um, sort of sleep habits do you have as a family? How much screen time do you have as a family? Um, so we, it's the same thing with Alzheimer's, just about everything. You know, it's just these um, quote unquote genetic predispositions that we have and lifestyle has nothing to do with it. That, yeah, that's exactly what they're trying to do. They're take our power away from us so that we are dependent well you saw what they just recommended in the last couple of days they said they've done they've uh, have changed their policy and now for obese children which has become a very bad problem in the united states they are now recommended they say you they should be medicated or if they're 13 or over have the gastric bypass surgery that is insane so once again a problem caused by the food by habits by and it's really it's the food because even people who try to do good habits they drink diet sodas they just don't know that actually causes obesity which Mm -hmm. is just bizarre but it does um they they're just going to give you another way to enter the medical system and start paying them a bunch of money to manage a situation you could uh you could take care of at home real quick you touched on something then we'll take a break and start talking about New Year stuff. But you talk about epigenetics, and I think this is so important. We might all have genes for all kinds of things, cancers, Alzheimer's, whatever. But the, the concept of epigenetics, as I understand it, is things that you do to your body, lifestyle choices, uh, environmental things, you can turn on and turn off these genes. Mm-hmm. And so when people are are told they have some kind of a gene or their parent has some kind of a gene and they probably passed it on to you, they sit back and go, oh, well, crap, I'm going to get Alzheimer's. My mom got Alzheimer's. My grandmother got Alzheimer's. I'm going to get Alzheimer's. And the the science behind epigenetics is, no, you need to turn off that gene. Make sure that it doesn't express itself, correct? Correct. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, 
that is a really hard concept for people to understand because there's been so much fear built around, you know, having this certain gene or that gene, but we literally have the power to turn these things on and off. Our cells are made up of what we put in our body. Yep. Our food creates our, our cells, our cellular structure, every cell in your body. And uh, the pathways that these things take, whether they mutate and uh, feed cancer or whether they promote health and keep that, that bad gene dormant is dependent on our lifestyle. Right. We have so much more power. And you were mentioning um, giving power to your kids with this knowledge and these options. And here's the thing. We're going to pay for our health or pay for our lack thereof. Yeah. So don't... And disease is more expensive. People it, will talk about, well, I can't eat large, organic yeah. everything because it's more expensive. No, it's you're paying for... I'm telling you, yeah. you're paying more on the backside. I've spent zero on doctor's office visits for 17 years. Zero on pharmaceuticals yeah. for 17 years. I've spent a little more on food, but I am well to the plus side. Yeah, and here's the thing. When people really start to feel that noose around their neck financially because they have already started paying out for disease. And so now they're in a place where, well, I've got to pay for these medications and this health care because I'm already diseased instead of having prevented it. So, yeah, it can create a little bit of an issue. So when you're thinking about how you're educating your children and what you're feeding them and how you're living – don't set them up to have to make that same decision of paying for a healthy lifestyle versus paying for sick care. Right. Absolutely. And it's, man, we, at some point, we're going to raise a generation that catches a clue. I think it's starting to happen. I do, I too. really do. I, I, do I too. see so much. And I think the last couple of years, as bad as the medical community has been, maybe in the end, it's a net positive that people wake up and realize this is about money for these people. They're mm-hmm. not paying attention to our health. They're not there to make us feel better. I always think of epigenetics almost like if you can just imagine inside your body just a long row of light switches and what you eat and what you do with your lifestyle be it sleep or exercise or any of these things you're making the choice to either flip it on or flip it off and that's you know that's what's happening and Mm -hmm. i think that's incredibly valuable i'm glad you're on board with that i'm sure that's something that you'll talk about going forward all right we'll come back we'll start talking about some of these things you can do uh with new year's eve uh behind us a new year here, even if you haven't made the changes yet, and it's the 10th or the 11th, whatever it is today, doesn't matter. Every day is a chance to start fresh and, and reclaim your health. So we'll start talking about some of those things you might want to look at in 2023. Stick around. All right, we are back. This is the Mike Madison Show, 1039 WYAB here in the Mack Hike of Flowood Studios here with uh, Allison Noe. I want to remind everybody, uh, we just got the new date for Stonington Farm. I want you to get familiar, Allison, with these people, too. They, they are fantastic. This Stonington Farm is down in Perkiston, Mississippi. This is a family-owned uh, ranch down there, cattle ranch. They do grass-fed beef. It is grass-fed, grass-finished, locally uh Locally born, raised, and processed right here in the state of Mississippi, and Stonington Farm is bringing this high nutritional profile meat up to Jackson uh, every few weeks now because listeners have supported them so well. I can't thank you enough for that. You're you're getting a good quality product. I feel good about what you're getting, and I'm telling you, you are really uh, you are supporting a great family business. Plus. You know, this farm to table, I mean, you are getting to know somebody who is raising your meat as opposed to going to the grocery stores and getting these giant cattle operations with all their antibiotics and other mm-hmm. garbage they feed these people. So anyway, check them out. Uh, 
It's stonningtonfarm.com. That's S-T-O-N-N-I-N-G-T-O-N, farm.com. Uh, you can go, go to the website, see everything they've got. And one thing they're pointing out in their ad now, they'll do custom orders. So it's no longer you have to order half a cow. You can call down there. There's going to be a number on that website. They don't have a cart on the website. You call down there. You're going to talk to Katie Stonington, and she's going to tell you what all they've got. Uh, she'll put together a package for you. You can tell her, you know, I want fattier meats. I want leaner cuts. Just tell her what you want. She'll put together a package for you, and then they will deliver. They'll be up here on January 20th. So now is the time to start looking around, taking a look at their website, and deciding what you want to order. That's StoningtonFarm.com. They are the grass-fed difference. All right. You want to do some New Year's ideas for let's, some stuff? Let's do it. All right. Let me. right. I'm going to go first. Me first. It's my last show. you got to give me me first. <laughs> um, uh, one thing I've had a lot of questions from listeners about, and I do encourage this, and uh, I, I know you do too, and you'll probably be a good source for this going forward. But if you have got health challenges, if there's things you want to address, you, you're one of these people that's been in the medical system for 10 years, your situation is getting worse, you just don't feel good, you just need a change, you may love your doctor as a human being. He may just be the nicest guy, but you're just not making any progress. Look for somebody who is in functional or integrative health. Mm -hmm. Uh, In Mississippi, they can be in functional medicine or integrative health medicine. They can't be a naturopath. I wish if we had them here, I'd refer people to naturopaths uh, as a place to go check it out. But uh, for you, and this is for your kids too, this is more about arming your kids with information about how the body works and how to address disease at the root cause. But this can replace uh, maybe just a traditional MD that's just not making any progress with people's health. Yep, yep. That's my my GP or my um, medical professional in my life is a functional nurse practitioner. Yeah. And she's fantastic. <clears throat> there are some things to look out for. Are they going to spend time with you? Um, you know, if they're recommending nutrition, uh, lifestyle changes, and supplements before they spend right. at least <clears throat> 60 minutes with you uh i would maybe see about setting an appointment with something else but the one that i use i mean she's in there 60 sometimes 90 minutes just you and her talking she's going over your complete health history what's going on and she's going she's going to figure it out yeah um you know so i, I think well, also they do a lot of um they do a, 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 in a lot of these practices they do a lot of blood work mm-hmm. and things like that to really look at things not a you know, a strep test. Right. They just look at you and go, oh, yeah, you've got strep. I'm talking about let's look at what kind of where you are right yeah. now as far as your vitamin levels and, you know, blood glucose level. Just look at kind of exactly where your body sits right now. And that's a good way that they use to launch to make sure that you're filling all those nutritional deficiencies and addressing the problems you may have in those tests, right? Absolutely. Yeah. Functional lab testing has come a long way and it's steadily progressing. And the information you can get from this lab work is insane. Um, and, and a lot lot of these lab tests aren't offered uh, in traditional Western medicine because insurance won't cover it. Yeah. So, um, you know, you will pay a little bit more on the front end. But again, the money that you yeah. save because you've figured out what the problem is and you've addressed that versus masking these symptoms for the rest of your life. Right. Um, yeah. Highly recommend it, too. That's a great, uh, yeah. a great recommendation. All right. What you got? Um, so uh, let's talk about protein. 
Yes. I, know, I know you're a huge advocate for protein. I am. That is the macronutrient that we should focus on for our diet. So that's not to say that everybody needs to go carnivore or should go carnivore. But if you are wanting to see changes in your body composition, your overall health, shoot for one gram of protein um, per pound of desired body weight. So it's just, yes, desired body weight. I've also heard uh, lean muscle mass. I I had heard too, which would mean you subtract out the fat, but that's your calculation is simply is obviously easy. So if you want to weigh, uh, if you're a female and you want to weigh 110 pounds, you should be shooting for 110 grams of protein today. Yep. And um, so that's going to help with a lot of things, building that lean muscle mass. It's also huge for satiety. So you're not walking around starving. Uh, The, the, the counting calories diet that we talked about last time, most no. people are walking around starving. Um, and I, I listened to a great show on the way here about why that's such a flawed system. Um, depending on what we eat, our body has this um, expenditure that it takes to to break down food. And when we're eating 100 calorie packs of Cheez-Its, it's right. little to no expenditure. So there's it's the thermogenic effect. There's a lot to it. But yeah, so um, and starting your day off with protein. So if you eat breakfast and some time, you know, intermittent fasting is great, but sometimes to consider when you may need to eat breakfast. Um, have you had poor sleep recently? Um, are you in a season of high stress? So the fasting, the intermittent fasting is brilliant, but it's also referred to as a hormetic stress, which is one of those stress stresses that is good for you, unless you already have a crap ton of, of cortisol pumping through your blood. So yeah. if you're already super stressed out, you may need to consider having having some breakfast, um, even if you're not hungry in the morning. So sometimes that loss of appetite is because your nervous system is uh wacky yeah okay and i'm you know i've not had breakfast in probably 10 years outside of you know social occasions or being on vacation or something like that but i'm actually about to switch that up because of my new schedule i'm gonna have to get up about 5 30 go to the gym i'm gonna come home i'm gonna eat a, some a steak and some eggs and then i'm gonna see just what the difference is and then i'll probably eat a lunch and i'm gonna try to do more of the you know either light light meals or no meals at the end of the day yeah right now i can sail till six o'clock in the afternoon with my full fat coffee and i'm not ever hungry uh so i'm going to flip that on his head just to see how it makes me feel it might be better or worse i'll change it back but this is the other thing too some self-experimentation on timing of eating exactly trial and error um so eggs also uh, are protein so eggs are a great great source of protein they are nature's multivitamin they are fantastic um so good for you the yolks too yes eat the yolks for for the love of god eat the yolks (laughs) that's where all the nutrients are um and so they're high in tyrosine which helps with focus throughout the day so some of the most common complaints that we hear from people are brain fog uh, and exhaustion and and hunger just being hungry all day so you can combat all of that by eating a high protein high quality protein yes i was just about to say so don't don't go running out and grabbing every protein bar that you see right. on a convenience store shelf that is loaded with a bunch of garbage. Yeah. Good quality f- food-based protein. Uh, whole food. Whole food-based protein, yeah. I was the queen of protein bars. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Oh, I think I, I used too. to be a walking quest bar. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, when you start. And they just they just don't make you feel as good. So, yeah. Zero nutrient value. Um, 
Yeah, the eggs are huge, and you know it's that they have again. The medical establishment made us run away from eggs for thirty years, telling us it was going to hurt our cholesterol. And you talk about focus and eggs and stuff; they're full of cholesterol, which is fantastic for your brain. Just absolutely fantastic mm-hmm. for your brain. Eggs are great. It still drives me crazy. You will still watch mainstream television, and there will be some some star or something in some scene, and she's like, "I'll have an egg white omelet, please." Yeah. And I just smack my head and just yeah. go, "No, please let that go." Yeah, we, we've been taught to be afraid of cholesterol. Um, and in fact, that's what most people say. Well, my health is good, but I just have elevated cholesterol. And I'm like, that's great. Yeah. If you don't have, you know, high triglycerides, hypertension, you know, a, a slew of other health adversities, then cholesterol is a non-issue. It yes, really is. It is just so miscategorized across mm-hmm. the board. Um, all right, here's one of mine, and this is something I've been beating the drum about for six years now, and that is just to try to get GMOs out of your food. Mm-hmm. And I don't talk as much about the science of the genetically modified organism and what that means for the food itself, but I do know, man, we are ingesting a lot of chemicals, particularly a lot of herbicides, a lot of Roundup, a lot of glyphosate, and we're eating a lot of pesticides, because when they genetically modify these foods to withstand these chemicals, it means they can spray the crap out of them, and the plant survives. They do not wash all that stuff off. Even if they clean it, you cannot get all this stuff out of your diet, and there's so much research, and I had a great MIT researcher on this show one time, Dr. Stephanie Seneff. She looked at glyphosate and its effect on your gut health and just realized that this stuff is killing our good bacteria in our Mm -hmm. stomach, which can just create a whole host of things to go haywire uh, everywhere else if you don't have good gut health. So I think avoiding GMOs um, is extremely important to good gut health. Good gut health is apparently very important to your overall health. Mm -hmm. And I'll throw in this in, too, while I'm thinking about it. One, another thing that I think is pretty damaging to a lot of people is this idea to run out every time you get a cold, a sniffle, or a sore throat and get a Z-Pack. They get these big packages of antibiotics. I did a story several months ago. I, I was surprised myself. I think they said it takes something like a year. If you take one of these courses of antibiotics that kills the good ba- gut bacteria, I'm not saying if you've got a severe infection, don't take an antibiotic. Right. I'm just saying don't jump to these things immediately. Um, it takes like a year to get your gut bacteria built back the way it was from just one z-pack just one of these antibiotic treatments takes a long time to get your health back uh, internally yeah Uh, we need a an overhaul of the good bacteria they are what's fighting for for us for good health Um, they help control your everything your brain your appetite mood your mood yeah yes um so yeah that's super important yeah everything um uh, the, and the other thing to that, too, is, you know, adding probiotics and prebiotic. You can go and do Internet searches, and this is what I've done in the show is just say, you know, the, the, the beautiful thing about this is all I try to do is make somebody think, oh, I didn't know. I just got into a habit 15 years ago of basically if anything pops up with myself, my kids, my friends, I just do an Internet search for natural treatment for, and then I put in the condition or mm-hmm. whatever it is. There's so much information out there. It takes a little time to get through it. But I think it just pays off in uh, in huge dividends. But look for other th- foods that, you know, prebiotic foods and probiotic foods or probiotic supplements and mm-hmm. things like that to really try to help your uh, help your gut as well. Yeah. All right. Uh, let's take a break real quick. Uh, I've got a few more things. So we're talking about some things you can do during uh, for the new year to change the trajectory of your health. Some of them simple. Some of them uh, take a little bit more attention. So we'll take a look at those when we come back. We're talking to Allison Noah here. Uh, your web, your uh, email address is? 
It's wholestoryhealth at gmail.com. Okay, and you've got a seminar coming up. We'll talk about that next segment, too. So stick around, everybody. From all over the world, this is Captain America calling. I bailed you out when you were down on your knees. So will it catch me now? I'm falling. All right, final segment for the day. I'm going to get a little misty. Oh, don't cry. <laughs> um, all right, we're talking about some things that you can do the New Year's. Here's one of the things that I've had a lot of fun with. Now, I, I talk about it on the show all the time. I'm an economics nerd. Uh, you know, I'm a health nerd. One of my hobbies is just trying new things, trying fasting. I've done the master cleanse. You want a wild ride, uh, try, try the master cleanse at some point. It's 10 days of fasting and all kinds of unmentionable things here. But um, I, I always am interested in things. I love the 30-day challenge stuff. And the first 30-day challenge that I did back in 2005, I believe, was as I, start, I switched us all over to organic food, I started feeling better. And so I, it immediately made me want to eat even better. And so I said, I wonder if I can do 30 days with no added sugar. I think I ate a little bit of fruit. So I got some natural sugars, mm-hmm. but I took out all desserts and everything else. This was the interesting thing. So, so as I say, I'm just always trying things. And I encourage people try these little 30 day challenge things with you. Sometimes now everybody should be able, should be kicking sugar. Let's just probably well known now, but you know, you might try keto for 30 days. It may not. It may not be for you. I, you you are better to speak to that than I am. But these thirty day challenges, I think it's enough to find out if it makes a big difference, and it's enough to know that you know in thirty days. I mean, you got another eleven months if you want to go back to the way you're eating. But I did this thirty day challenge with myself. Nobody listening. I wasn't on the show. I didn't have any reason except just personally. I wanted to see if I could do it. I suffered from chronic headaches for twenty years. Probably fifteen to twenty days a month. I had. Anything from a dull headache to a splitting headache mm. most of the month. They'd put me on all kinds of drugs that made horrible side effects and made me loopy. And one of them made me kind of hallucinate. I tried all these different things. I did this 30-day challenge with myself just out of the blue on sugar. Never have had the headache problem again because I realized, oh, my gosh, it's sugar that was, I guess, triggering my or something else happened, but it stopped. So try 30-day challenges with yourself about these kinds of things yeah and just to distinguish the difference a 30 days to 20 pound weight loss no um so be very careful check your intentions but i I love what he's recommending we have to trial and error these things on our on our bodies and ourselves and you know the outcome is not going to be poor you know you're not going to hurt yourself um but yeah so and and as you're doing this Pay attention and take note to the benefits that you notice along the way. So at the end of the 30 days, you can assess, is this something that feels good to continue doing? I mean, yours was so obvious. Yeah. Yeah. I'm mean, they're seeing. And, you know, I didn't even notice it as it was happening. I got to the end of it. And I go, oh, look at that. I did. I did 30 days. And it hit me like a bolt of th- lightning. I was like, oh, my gosh. You know, I didn't even realize it. I have not had any headaches this yeah. month. It was so weird. I, I think one that I would recommend. And you're right. I'm not saying, you know, 30 days of denying yourself a bunch of stuff to lose weight. Yeah. Uh, I'm talking about just kind of elimination things. So I took sugar. Another one I think that a lot of people benefit from is gluten. I think there's a lot of people that are very sensitive to gluten. You don't have celiac, but this gluten thing is not just a fad. No, it's not. It it is. Some people are are sensitive to it. uh, And and it's a real sliding scale from what I 
know, but I think a lot more people than we understand. If you could take gluten mm-hmm. out of your diet for 30 days and just see how that makes you feel, I bet you people would be surprised. It's it's astounding. Um, when clients of mine take it out, they go from having uh, severe arthritis, yeah. even at younger ages, um, and frequent headaches, things of this nature, and it's gone once they take it out. Yeah. So there is definitely something to it. This is not, like you said, this is not a fad. Um, the the inflammation that gluten brings along with it is pretty significant. So when you remove that from the diet, uh, we almost always see benefits pretty quickly. Dairy as well, yeah. uh, all this pasteurized dairy. Um, so, you know, there are some sources of cleaner dairy that you may or may not have access to here in the state. But um, Yeah, it's interesting. Within the natural health community, there's debates on that. You know, some doctors say milk is for babies, period, full stop. You should not be drinking any milk. Other people say, you know, it's it's fine and it's a keto, you know, it's in keto. So it's, you know, it's one of those things, too. You know, we don't always get definitive answers, and that's why you have to kind of self-experiment yeah. to know what's exactly right for you. If, you, if you're noticing um, gassiness, bloating, just stomach issues, yes. or the joint pain, yep. I know when I've introduced too much dairy back into my diet when my hands start to hurt. I'm too, I feel like I'm too young for that, you know, yeah. and that's a check for me. Okay, we need to start paying attention to this. And removal, it's gone again very quickly in days. That's exactly what we're talking about. You understand that as something you can correct immediately. How many people get into their 30s and their hands start to hurt and their joints start to hurt and they think, oh, my gosh. I'm getting arthritis. It sucks to get old. I, oh, I hear that so often with people in their late 20s and 30s. Oh, it sucks getting old. And they laugh it off. And I'm like, it infuriates me. Like, yeah. no, this is not This is not a symptom of being in the first quarter of your life. <laughs> right. No, I feel so much better than I did 20 years yes. ago. It's not even a joke. I mean, 20 years later, I'm in better shape and I feel so much better than I did. All right. What else do you got? And then we'll get to your seminar thing. Well, if you have um, a physician or a, a professional that tells you that XYZ is because of your age or your gender, you need to go get another opinion because I'm hearing too many women come to me with, you know, chronic fatigue and um, all sorts of things. And their doctors are like, well, you know, you're 41 now. So this is just, that is not true. Um, My grandmother bounces around, uh, you know, the greater Jackson area and feeds the multitudes and she's 93. Yeah. So, you know. um, Well, you know, that's that disempowering message. And I guess maybe the doctors, that's what they see in their patient population because of the system we've created that doesn't encourage people to remain healthy. So to him... his average client may be breaking down at age 41. Right. That's just what he experiences. Right. But there's a whole world out there of people that are not breaking down at yes. 41. They are really scratching their heads. I think that they don't have anything else to offer beyond the treatments that have not worked for you that they know to offer. And so then it then it's put back on the patient. Well, you're not doing it right or you're too old. And that's just, it's not, it's not true. Um, Okay, two things that I want to touch on real quick. Number one, magnesium. I highly recommend supplementing magnesium. It is used for, the number keeps growing, but now it's like close to 400 biological processes, sleep, digestion, cognition, um, the way that our body metabolizes things. It's just used for everything. And it's almost impossible to get what we need from food sources or the amount that we need. Our soil is so deficient in a lot of 
these nutrients. So supplementing a good magnesium is a game changer. It will help you sleep. It will help you become more regular with your BMs, all sorts of benefits. It's the relaxing part, mm-hmm. right? Where calcium is kind of the, uh, it, you know, it's the clenching, mm-hmm. the magnesium is the relaxing. Don't you have some, have, it's important to keep a balance of those two at certain proportion or something? Um I actually don't know the answer right off the top of my head, but it seems that that would be true. But we don't seem to be as deficient in calcium. Right. That's the problem for a lot of people is we're too high in calcium, too low in magnesium. Mm-hmm. So that balance is out of whack. Yeah. And that, and like I said, that's why it helps with sleep. It helps with muscle cramps because magnesium is what helps your body relax in different functions mm-hmm. too. So, mm-hmm. all right, go ahead. Um, and then lastly, I just wanted to touch on the importance of reading ingredients. So if you are eating something outside of a whole food, you know, you don't have to read the ingredients labels of an apple or a steak you know what it is Um, but if you are reading or eating something that is not a whole food that has added ingredients make sure that you're reading that and check for those nasty oils that we talked about last time you're going to be disappointed because you're going to be putting a lot of things back on the shelf because it's got canola oil or palm oil one of those horrible hydrogenated oils that you really want to stay away from Um, but do look for you know the things that you want extra virgin olive oil avocado oil coconut oil if it has that that's fine um, and then lastly, the, the order in which the ingredients are listed mean, uh, is the order of or uh, how quantity mu- the quantity. Yeah. yeah. So if the first if one of the first five ingredients is sugar or, or derivative of sugar. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Then um, it's mainly sugar. Yeah. So yeah. that's something that a lot of people aren't aware of. Soy, too. Check out yeah, every label you got. Soy is in everything, and it's usually GMO, which means it's got herbicides on it, and it's an endocrine disruptor. Yeah, and, it promotes and, estrogen. And, and, yeah. and it's got lectins in it. That soy has really done a number on us. All right. Well, we are coming up on time here. Tell real quick. you got about 30 seconds. Tell us about you running a seminar where people can find information on that. Yeah, so I'm running an online hormone and metabolic work shop. This is going to be specifically for women. I'll do one for men if we get enough outreach. Um, This is going to be January 24th at 12 o'clock Central Standard Time. If you are interested in this, please text our work line at 601-540-2476. Okay. And you will be back next week. We don't know what day yet. We'll announce that soon. This is Allison Noe. I've really enjoyed doing the show. Have a great day, everybody. Bye-bye. how hard you try, you can't stop us now. No matter how hard you try, you can't stop us now.